Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan, uh, when you buy a new car, how important is it to you that it holds its value over five years? There are two things that I tend to think. One yeah. is that I normally don't care. Right. Um, but the other side of it is it really does depend on the car. Okay. For instance, like if it's a pickup truck, I don't care. I'm going to drive it. I'm going to drive it. I'm going to kill it. But on the other side, if it's going to be a car, I really do want to think, eh, you know, in five years, I want to make sure I get some money for it. Yeah, for me, uh, that is a very important metric uh, because, you know, I feel like I want to get a car that I have some equity in after five years so that when it comes time to trade it in or sell it, you know, I can get the next car without having lost a lot of money. And I think that's the way, you know, some people certainly look at it. But to help us figure that out, our friends at IC Cars have come out with uh, a list of the top 10 most and least uh, depreciating cars after five years. In other words, the cars that retain their value and the cars that don't. Right. And you're going to see a disturbing trend, which is kind of going along with today's uh, talking points when it comes to certain types of vehicles that are powered by electrons. So in this podcast, we're going to, of course, talk about those uh, 20 cars on that list. Yep. We're also going to talk about uh, uh, cars that we think at the end of this podcast depreciate rapidly, but are actually good cars. Yes. Yes, we are. We actually have a couple right here on paper. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I've got some viewer hate mail. Uh, so this time around, and you'll understand why, you're going to do the rant. Okay. Okay. So let me read the viewer. Let's start with the viewer hate mail. Let's get right to that. Okay. Uh, it starts out good. Uh, it says, uh, Roman is absolutely right. That's a subject line. And it came. He loves from, hearing that. It came from John. Uh, but then it quickly turns very, uh, shall we say, negative. <laughs> All right. Uh, so John says, Roman has often said that if you don't like his rants or how we do the podcast, then you shouldn't listen, to, then you should listen to another podcast. I believe he's 100% right, which is why I unfollowed the show and stopped watching them on YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, his pretentious attitude towards anything that doesn't fit into his worldview is wrong or stupid. Uh, simply turn me off to the podcast. Okay. I believe, quote unquote, they say that someone who has a negative experience tells 10 of their friends, while someone who has a positive experience only tells three of their friends. Well, I'm your sworn enemy now, so I obviously won't be recommending your podcast to anyone, uh, but rather recommending uh, Tom Volk or Alex Donato's, which I find so much better, which we have in common. I actually uh, happily... Uh, um, yeah, I would endorse them. I would, yeah, we yeah, recommend yeah, them as yeah, well, John. Yeah, so all, yeah, we've got John, that in common. Good uh, choice right there. Yeah, Roman's 100% right about that. Yeah, and actually they're our friends. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Alex yeah. and Tom are good yeah. friends of mine. Yeah, we go back a ways, <laughs> with Alex especially, we go back a ways. So, so he, he finishes by saying, I understand the loss of my listing viewership is not going to hurt your bottom line, mm. but I just want you to know uh, regardless. Okay. So, uh, John, thank you for your feedback. Uh, you know, we really appreciate it. Unfortunately, you won't hear this because you unsubscribed. Yeah, although I tend to hear that people who unsubscribe don't quite unsubscribe to see whether or not they should unsubscribe. If you're still listening or, or viewing, John, I am sorry. Um, you know, we do things that are unique because we are TFL, and Roman is TFL. That's the bottom line. As such, you know... We, we sometimes change things up here and there, and rather than throwing out a threat or anger, I would normally recommend that you say, hey, listen, this is what you're doing, and it's really turning me off. That's the way I would approach it, personally speaking, but if this is what you want to do, hey, enjoy. Look, um, look, he's not wrong. I can be pretentious, Nathan. I, I, no. Yes, no. Yes, he's not wrong. No. Hey, wait. Uh, for those of you who are listening, I'm coloring myself surprised. <laughs> But I'm working on it. <laughs> yes, and I can be obnoxious and whiny, as people have pointed out as well. Also handsome and dashing as well. 
Look, guys, the thing is, is that this is, we're, we're not putting on airs of being fake. We're, we're, we're as real as it comes. This is who we are outside the studio and inside the studio. Yeah, and, you know, we can't be everybody's cup of tea. The one thing we really try hard to be, not to be, is vanilla toast. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've uh, succeeded, at least with John. <laughs> yeah, hey, John, but, at least we're not boring. Yeah, but sorry to see you go, John. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely keep watching uh, Alex and, and Tom. Yeah. Uh, great guys who do great car reviews. Uh, uh, highly recommend them. And Nathan, uh, because of this email, I will not be doing a rant today, <laughs> but I'll let you do the rant instead. Yes, I am the pro. For Roman today. <laughs> so, what's your rant? <laughs> uh, before I get to the rant, I wanted to talk about a quick observation. Yeah, go for Coming it. into work. Now, yeah. I have about an hour, sometimes even longer, depending on the weather commute, getting here. And today was a great commute for once, probably because there's traffic everywhere else. Um, as I was driving, there was the new, new Beetle, you know, like the final generation of the yeah, new Beetle. Sure, yeah. All black, had yeah. those cool little hubcaps on it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. of course, I'm looking because there's not many of them on the road. Yeah, they did like a bunch of special editions. At yeah, this there, one yeah. looked just really cool, right? And I, so I, I, like, I glanced I like, over. I like the blue jean one. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah I do yeah, as well. That, cool, was, that was cool. But this this was all black. and just looked cool okay, today, cool. right? The guy who was driving it was wearing very round glasses, had slick back black hair. Okay. All right? And was wearing, I think, a black turtleneck. And he looked like Dieter from Sprockets. Okay. <laughs> and I looked over to, at him and I, he, I guess he saw me mouthing, you know, can I touch your monkey or something like that, which is from the uh, Saturday Night Live oh, gig. We're really Mike, showing our age. Yeah, <laughs> it was a Mike Myers thing. Right. But he knew exactly what I was talking about. Oh, did he really? He smiled and he had the grin ear to ear because I think he was thinking <laughs> to himself, nobody has caught this yet. This is who I am. So if you're in a Black Beetle and you live in either Denver or Aurora or Boulder, Colorado, and you wear Black glasses like that and you saw a guy in a green small pickup who was smiling and kind of waving at you and saying about something about a monkey dude you're awesome okay right, so right. that that's the awesome part that's not a rant peter you rock dude we <laughs> it was, are, it we, was the funniest thing yeah we are you know you know somebody who takes their uh personality and matches it to their car that is cool that is cool. that is a cool person yeah, yeah for yeah. sure it was a little weird to some people but to me that is cool uh, and one final note on that, I actually didn't mind that that Beetle. I couldn't stand the first new Beetle, neither could you, I know, because it was mechanically horrible. But that new Beetle wasn't so bad, and it's just... Well, eh. well you know, the, 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 the Turbo S was based on the GTI, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, so uh, it had basically a GTI underpinning. Mm -hmm. uh, and that turbo, you know, the one with the little tiny lights next to the round lights. Yeah. Those are pretty cool and hard to find. Yeah, they <laughs> that, are, actually. That'd be another car, like, on my list of cars I'd love to buy and just experience. Uh, you know, because they're, they're depreciated, uh, but yet they were, you know, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, both our mothers had one uh, for the new yeah, Beetle. Yeah, the new Beetle, yeah. And my mom had one. Really bad experience, at yeah, least on my end. It just melted. <laughs> it literally melted. <laughs> Ours went through an eight through an engine. Uh, there's a long story on that one. All right, so what's your rant? Okay, I'm going to show, for those of you who are listening, what I'm doing is I'm showing paper. These are some of my notes. All right. This is paper, if you can hear it in the microphone. Okay, paper. I know it's evil to print and use trees. I try not to, but, and I reuse, by the way, all the time. I hate printers. <laughs> I hate printers. My God, how long have printers been out? I mean... For decades and decades, my dad in his law office had like a daisy wheel printer, and they had these ribbon printers, and they had all these other printers for decades, and they all suck. Every single one of them sucks. Why can I have a cell phone that has more tech on it than Apollo 13 in the palm of my hand, yet when I go to print something, oh, the printer doesn't really want to talk to the computer at the time, or maybe, you know, I'm almost out of ink, or I'm out of paper, or whatever. Damn it. This thing should be talking to you like your best friend saying, hey, by the way, when you have a chance, give me some more paper so I don't run out in three days and bother you. Or, hey, better yet, let's have somebody call you in the middle of the night trying to sell you printer ink. What the hell? Printers are the bane of all existence. They're horrible. Why can't tech? Elon Musk. Elon, fix this. I think. I think Use your trust. I think you're absolutely right, Nathan. I it's mean, crap. I think the problem with printers is it's a lost leader, right? So the manufacturers have decided that they're going to build the shittiest crap, sorry. Crappiest. Uh, crappiest, yeah, sorry. I usually don't like this where printers available. Uh, and uh, then they make their money on the ink, right? Yeah. And so the actual printers, but the, the, the fault in that logic is if the printer doesn't work, no one's going to buy ink. It's like, <laughs> I, well, I, it's always that thing of like, I hit print and then I wait. And when I hear the printer engage, it's like, oh, wait, will it work? 
And then sometimes it will, or sometimes it'll only go halfway through. And it's just like, can we not come up with tech that makes a printer work properly every single time? My computer works properly every single time I fire it up. So does my phone, mostly my car. Why the hell can't we do this with a printer after all of these decades? So we've got one at the office, one of the new ones with Ugh. like the, you know, the bottles of ink so you don't have to get those stupid cartridges, which cost like $5,000. Yeah. It still doesn't work. Uh, we have two at home. Uh, one barely works. Half the time when you go, you know, try to print something, it says can't find printer. Yeah. Right? That is yep. like got to be the most ubiquitous <laughs> error message on any computer. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that with like... Uh, you know, uh, virtual contracts now, right, where you can sign them online, that we're getting away from this. But when you do need a printer or you need a hard copy of something, they're still horrible. I, I agree. I and then I don't them. think even, like, the crazy expensive ones that, like, big corporations have, right, where they have, like, leases and then they have maintenance contracts yeah. are, are much better. I think they're also the same problem. They're all crap as far as I'm concerned. So if you represent a printing company and you do not like what you're hearing, you can join John and leave us. But more importantly, I'd like to hear your perspective, your point of view, <laughs> where you think printers could perhaps go and provide a very simple machine. I don't want color. I don't care if it's color. I just want a black and white text of what I'm putting out there so I can use it and actually not have to beg the system, oh, please, please, just listen and work. Please, if I hit print, actually print something. God. And also, by the way, formatting and some of these things with the formatting. Come on, guys. How many times do you like get a piece of paper out where like the thing, whatever, whatever, you're trying to print is like halfway across it or it's it's like cut off or some halfway. weird code or whatever or, demons speak or, or, or you've had like one of the colors run out so it comes out all yellow yeah i've uh, it, everything it's just absolutely right now in this day and age where we're living in a high tech world this makes no sense to me so yes i challenge you guys let me know am i missing something here uh, is there some super printer that is somewhat affordable that we could buy that actually listens and prints when we want it to. It would be great to know. Anyway, sorry, my, I apologize. The rant actually comes because I was printing out images and also information about the stuff that we're going to be talking about in this podcast, and that specifically is these vehicles and their depreciation. All right, so our friends over at iccars.com analyzed over 1.1 million vehicles sold from November 20. Uh, November 2022 to October 23 to determine the five-year depreciation rates. Mm -hmm. And comparing this data historically, uh, it found the depreciation was lower across all major brands in 2019 with the average used car holding its value 10.8% better than it did pre-pandemic. So we've got two lists here, Nathan. Mm -hmm. We've got the ones that depreciate the most and the ones that depreciate the least. In other words, after five years, uh, one of these cars, one of these lists is worth the most. Which one do you want to do? Let's do the most and we'll go to, let's get just that. Let's go in a typical TFL fashion. Let's do the least depreciating cars. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and then we'll get the most depreciating cars. So, in other words, we'll do the positives first. Yes. Let's do the positives. Big surprise that one of them is behind me on the wall. Yes. Yes, so, is, but don't tell them if they're listening to this. We'll, no. They'll have to wait. But I'm going to give you some good news. What? For those of you who are ticked off at Roman, he has one. All <laughs> 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 oh, that views allowed us to buy this car. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Number 10, Nathan, uh, of the lowest five-year depreciation, according to iccars.com, uh, is the Toyota Corolla. Uh, it depreciated an average of 24.5% or $5,800. Now, keep in mind, these numbers are going to be lower or higher based on the value of the car. Uh, so no surprise there. The Corolla, of course, the most popular car ever, right? Even more than the Volkswagen. Yeah, Giro. yeah. They yeah, they sold like 30 million of them. Millions um, and millions. It's, it's, it's a go-to car for everybody from students to empty nesters to retirees. Yeah, it's considered extremely reliable, even in, in its newest uh, form. And there's several different types as well, by the way. There's a hybrid version. There's a very fast and it, version. And they don't break the sound. They don't break it out by... No, like, so just, we're just yeah. kind of lumping them all together, which I think they did as well. All right, number nine um, is a Subaru Crosstrek. Uh, average depreciation, same as the Corolla 24.5. Since it's a little bit more expensive, it loses about 7200 uh, and fourteen dollars. That's the difference in MSRP to when you sell it five years later. Uh, once again, a car that you know fits. It's it's kind of a Swiss Army knife of cars. Yes, right? it is. It, 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 these cars have a lot in common. They work for a lot of different ways. They're also extremely affordable. Uh, they are, the, yeah. the the Crosstrek is one of the more affordable all-wheel drive vehicles you can get in its class if you get the base model. And Corolla, of course, has a very cheap version of itself as well. 
So number eight, uh, Toyota uh, CHR, 24.4%, average depreciation, $6,692. Now, as you know, Nathan, I was just in Japan, mm -hmm. so I'm still a bit jet lagged because we stuck around two weeks yeah, after. Yeah, you the guys have only been back for like 24 hours Yeah, or yeah, so if I'm a little down on my energy, please forgive me. Sorry, John. Uh, but they, I saw, I forget what this car, I think it's also called the CHR. You know how here it's kind of a small car-ish, smallish? Yeah. There it's massive. Yeah, that's right, because everybody has a K car. Yeah. Oh, master. Oh, my God. There's so many K cars. Yeah. So many K cars. So I had this idea and I wanted to run it by you. All right. Uh, and I wanted to run it by our listeners. Um, you know, the forbidden fruit cars, right? The cars that we can't get. What's like the number one forbidden fruit car on your list? Uh, the Suzuki Jimny. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just adore. Basically, it's yeah. the, the the younger brother of the Suzuki. It's, it's like a baby Samurai. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Bronco. Yeah. Depending on you know what you prefer, uh, and they sell them around the world. Uh, but in Japan, they have two versions of it. Mm. So they have the regular Jimny, which there is called the Sierra. Mm, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then they have a K car version of it. This little. So they take it and they actually like shrink it down. Right, because yep. a K car has to have like 600 cc's. It, it has to be tiny. wheelbase of yeah. a certain size. It's, it, they're, they're all very tiny. So I had this brain idea, but it's going to be expensive. But I think it, it'd be fun. Uh, we have a friend who has a house in mm. Japan, Larry. Yeah. And I want to ask him. I haven't run it by him yet. So if you're listening to this, Larry, I'll be calling you. What if we buy uh, a Jimny uh, K car in Japan? Yeah. Title it. Insure, insure it there. Uh huh. Then ship it over here. The rule is you can drive it up to a year here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, you know, do a video series around it. What's it like to buy a car in Japan? First drive in Tokyo in the Jimny. Uh, pick it up and then try to cross country it. Because they usually go to Tacoma, right? That's yeah, yeah. And then keep it here, off-road it. Uh, and then, you know, ship it back at the end of that and sell it. I adore the idea. And I already volunteer. Wherever you're going to drop it off, I will drive the hell out of it. I love... I know it's a weird thing that the fat guy loves tiny cars. I don't know why. Jal I just do. I, I And I adore this particular vehicle. Jalop I, Jalopnik did a review of it, and they yeah. said at, like, highway speeds, like, the world's coming to an end. That's okay. <laughs> It'll do 80, but, man. Dude, I used to drive. I used to rock a Samurai, and a Samurai at high elevation, driving that thing at high speed, it was basically like Chuck Yeager trying to break the sound and, barrier. And God help you if there's any crosswinds. Yeah. Or, uh, let's do it. Let's do or it. Or well, semi-trucks. Okay. Let, let us know what you think, guys, in the comments below. John, you can join in, too. The next one is actually rather surprising. Number seven, Nathan, is the Chevrolet Camaro. Who would have thunk? Um, well, considering... Okay, so... It's been 24.2%. Right. It's been on the rumor mill for about five years that it was going to go away. Yeah. So I'm guessing, this is just a guess, that that might have something to do with it. So, you know, they're, they're dropping down the numbers and people are buying them. They're holding on to them. And as such, the value might actually be higher than we anticipated because they're holding on to them, because they're cherishing them a little bit more. That's just a guess. Yeah. 10000 $161 on average. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I can tell you that the competitor, the Mustang, is not on this list. Uh, so uh, maybe because, you know, lower production means higher, That's, uh, you, you know. Um, they make a lot more Mustangs than Camaros. Yeah. yeah. A lot more. So Higher desirability. Maybe. Because there's less of them. Or because they might be going away. Yeah. That, or that, that was probably the thought a couple of years ago. That, that's just a guess. Yeah. Don't you know. know. If you guys have any insight, let us know. But it might be a good time to buy a Camaro. <laughs> well, yeah, they're definitely going away. Chevy yeah. did announce that finally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, number six, um, another Subaru, the uh, BRZ, 23.4% for an average of $8,114. Once again, another car uh, that is, you know, high in demand and low in supply. Yes. Uh, so that may have a lot to do with it. Yeah, it's interesting because over the past, say, three years, it's gone through some changes and uh, developed more horsepower, better handling, uh, a lot of refreshed uh, exterior interior components. We've dr driven the 86 version of that, which Toyota. Which is not on the list. Which is not on the it's list. It's also weird, which makes you wonder about the But I the think validity. they build more of the Toyota version than they do the Subaru version, so perhaps that's part of it. Yeah, I, I, you think with, like, Toyota's, Reputation for reliability, that would be the one that would be on the list, but apparently it's the BRZ, so... Which is a Subaru. Which is a Subaru, yeah. yeah. frankly, it has a Subaru engine and uh, running gear, yeah. so... Yeah. Interesting. Um, not that surprising, though, considering the, the difference in terms of the sales numbers, but very good car, uh, at least with the Toyota one that we've driven. It was a great little car. 
All right, number five now. Um, this is also no surprise. Mm -hmm. Honda Civic sedan slash hatchback, 21.5%. It only loses $5,817. Dude, once again, you know, your Corolla, Crosstrek, uh, uh, Civic, these all have something in common, like you said. They're mm -hmm. affordable. Uh, they're kind of the Swiss Army knife of cars. They're ubiquitous. Right, and they tend to be very reliable. Civic is one of the more reliable vehicles. I know there's been some cases of oil loss, but for the most part, if you look across the board in terms of reliability for inexpensive vehicles, Corolla and Civic are very close to each other on most of those uh, metrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I feel good about the fact that, you know, if you're buying a Civic, and the other thing that's also uh, interesting is that both Honda and Toyota have kind of uh, bucked that trend to raise their price. Mm, you know, the average yeah. new price over COVID has gone up to almost $50,000 for a new car. And yet, you know, these cars are well in the 30s, dare or I or say, even 20s. In the 20s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get one for the low 20s. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of depreciation to begin with. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, we know that dealerships change that whole thing, we but know, yeah. we're not referring to them. We're just talking about what the, you know, the order price is on some of these, on these cars. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, number four, uh, Jeep Wrangler uh, Unlimited. That is no surprise. That particular one is no surprise. We've known for years and years that for some reason, regardless of how they're abused or uh, their mediocre reputation for reliability, that's on the higher end of mediocre, though, um, the Wrangler is extremely sought after and Jeep's most popular vehicle in so, terms of that. So 20.8%. Yeah. 8,951. Here's the interesting thing about the Wrangler. So I was talking to this Aussie who was on my trip. I did a tour of Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, you know, Australia has this huge off-roading community. Yeah. How popular are Jeeps? And he told me not much because of their reliability issues. Uh, and yet I'm not sure that the – does the Wrangler have reliable is – it, is it like – is it in the ethos that it's very unreliable? Or is it in the ethos that it's just cool and – People want it for its kind of, you know, iconic status as this go-anywhere off-roader that's completely American. Uh, I think the latter one is probably what most people think of it. Um, and Wranglers, it's funny. If you get it's, – it's pretty obvious. If you get a Wrangler like the one that Tommy had, which yep. was the Willys, basically yeah. a sport. Yep. Um, with the manual transmission, just keep everything simple or even the automatic – they tend to be more reliable. Once you start adding on all the extras and all the other things, then some of the tech starts falling apart from time to time. And so that's how they get the reliability is, you know, the disclaimer of they're not as reliable as perhaps the Toyota equivalent or perhaps some other equivalent. Um, but I go on the thing of, I could go around the world and everybody knows when I say Jeep, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And a lot of countries that's including China and India right off the bat, mimic them the best they can because they know they're cool. That's that's just, that's the truth. Hey, hey, uh, John, if you're listening, here's a rant for you. Okay, fire away. <laughs> All you're doing is encouraging me, you know that. Well, I, I know. <laughs> that, that, that email is not John, good. you're now a superstar here on TFL. Thanks, yeah, it's, the, it's gonna, you should know by now that's going to have the opposite effect. <laughs> it's okay. It's We're, pretty... We make light of it because it's better to laugh than cry. All right, so Nathan, and this also goes with the Wrangler. Mm. Uh, and and here's, here's where I came up with this rant, right? All right. Uh, I would, I, I'm going to make a prediction. You know the, the, the straight six four liter that Jeep put like in the Cherokee? Sure, sure. Th that now has a reputation of being one of the most reliable engines ever. If you were to pick like your top 10 most reliable engines, mm -hmm. that would be up there. It'd be 11 say? for me, but yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction and then I'll get to my rant. 
uh, and that is that the Pentastar, the current uh, six-cylinder V6, will also be in that pantheon of most reliable. I, I mean, they put it in everything, right? Mm -hmm. From the Wrangler to the minivan to the Pacifica to the... They put them in journeys the, and everything. To the oh. journey, to the Charger, to the Challenger, right? Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. in everything. And yet, I think it's just incredibly reliable. I haven't heard many uh, issues with it. We've Only had, we've, a few. I've heard some. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and many of you viewers, when we say this, by the way, we've said it on truck many times, you'll come back and say, okay, there's some oil issues and some other things. But for the most part, if you actually look at the numbers and the fact that this engine has won some awards, it's pretty reliable. And... Most importantly, it is reliable enough, Roman, for SDA, FCA, gosh, Stellantis to keep using it in the brand new Ram that's coming out. It will be the base engine and it's going to be a generator used in the Ram uh, Ram charger. And that, that video, Nathan, is on alltfl.com. I was going to pull up in my shirt, but I'm not wearing one today. It's Rainbow, the rock group. You, you and Ranji did a great, you and I did a great video basically going over all the stats. So if you want to see that, go check it out. Highly but, recommend it. But, but here comes my rant, okay? Okay, okay. All right, and I'll give you some examples. Please. Um, when people, you know, we get a lot of emails, a lot of comments uh, from people who are worried about buying a vehicle because mm. it has a reputation for some issue. Uh, let's give you an example. Remember when the Tundra came out? And I'll use Toyota because that's, okay. that's the most unlikely company, actually, sure, to sure. have some issues. Uh, remember when that came out? There was this whole slew of early trucks that people thought had issues with turbos. And then to make it worse, oh, yeah, to, yeah. to fix a turbo, you had to remove the entire cab. Uh, and I'm not saying that is not happening. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying, and this is kind of my rant, is when you have a vehicle and there are no issues, you don't tend to – nobody's, like, on the Internet – Writing, hey, I just bought this, uh, you know, uh, Pentastar, and I've had zero issues with it. But the second you have one, one, issue. one issue, then it's the whole world's got to know about it, right? right? Then it's like you're on on X, you're on YouTube, you're on uh, Reddit, you're on, you know, pick pick your favorite social media site, going through, and we get these long letters going through a detailed explanation of everything that has gone wrong with yep. it. And then like a YouTuber, and I'm not naming names here, I could, yeah. picks it up, right, and starts to amplify it. Right. All right I'm going to name names. Uh, his name is Scotty. <laughs> right? They, because they know that that gets clicks and views. And so all of a sudden, this is the classic, you know, tempest in a teacup or mountain out of a molehill. Uh, and I'm, this is not to... I don't want to be like, there are issues, you know, and I'll give you an example of a serious issue that affected a lot. I remember when uh, GM had the uh, cylinder deactivation, right? There were, there were a lot of vehicles that were affected by that. There were a lot of recalls. Mm -hmm. But in general, people don't complain about cars that don't break, but they do complain about cars that, you know, do break because then they want help or they want validation or they need, you know, to get the world word out so that the dealer is motivated to fix it, yada, yada, yada. So, so sometimes, you know, this reputation gets out there and oftentimes it's not justified. I think the simple way of putting it is bad news sells. Yes. So uh, if you see negative press about anything that's out there, um, I'll give you a really good example. Not that long ago, there was a vehicle that was introduced, an electric vehicle, and it had some recalls from a company that doesn't normally do recalls, especially on new products. And everybody, that is including myself, was skeptical, saying, okay, well, it's already not a great vehicle. I'll you give you a hint. Name the yes, it's the Toyota BZ4XYZ. Okay. And that vehicle is... Mediocre. I, it, I honestly don't hate it. I just don't think it's competitive. That's really the bottom line. Yeah, it's like last generation technology. Right. But remember there were some problems with the rear hubs and they were- The wheel fell off. A wheel, but, but, but ah, you wheel. just amplified bad news. Right. Because in a particular case, there was an issue. And as such, they initiated a recall and they fixed the problem. Now- They sold, they sold some early production ones. And right, had, and one of them had very, an issue. Very unusual for Toyota to have such a serious issue. It's also very sexy because a wheel falling off is something that hasn't happened since the Model T, I take it. No, no, no. There's, right. been, there's been plenty of other cars. I can name a few. Okay, but you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes for good headlines. But, but that's exactly it. Negative news sells. So- they fixed the problem, no problem with the car now. They're actually, so far, been relatively reliable, at least this past year. So 
the thing is, is that you're not going to remember that they've been relatively the fairly reliable this past year. You're going to remember that there was this one problem that did occur. And the same thing could be said about fires that have been reported in some cases with certain cars where maybe one of them sparked, but not an actual fire. But because of a fire danger, the automaker says, don't keep it in your house because your house might you know, burn down. People translate that into their head as the car will follow me home and attack my wife and children. This is how far it goes. And so negative news sells. If we were to put out there, you know, how horrible things are, which we're about to do, by the way, on this list. Stay tuned. <laughs> Wait, but this is not our... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, we, but we recognize that. And that's why we... And we, there's a lot of other people and, and, and who do And we it. always try to do both sides of the coin. I try to. Yeah, so we're doing good and bad. But here, let me take it one step further. Please. All right, this is a huge jump. And if you don't, you know, John, if you don't want to stick with me, fair enough. But this is not a rant, but this is kind of my opinion, okay? Uh -huh. Um, you know, all these things we've been talking about, right? These are not issues in electric cars. So right now there's this uh, news story that's out there that uh, lower demand is causing manufacturers to pull back from uh, electrification, right? And, par and part of that is because electric cars have become political, obviously, right? Part of it, yeah. Yeah, but you know, the news story right now is that, that, that manufacturers are reassessing how much money Ford just you know, announced that they're putting less money into the Lightning, right? Also, their, their, their EV plant, they're, they're pulling back a little bit on but, some but, of the... But I've got two thoughts that maybe run counter to, pub, to public and current opinion. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Okay, first, first um, um, I don't think it's demand issue. I think it's a product issue. I, okay. I, I, think, I think a lot of the electric cars right now are just um, not up to snuff. They're not desirable. They're, they don't have that like, you know, sexy factor. There's a few that do. Mm -hmm. you yep. know, I'm, I'm not talking about Tesla, whole different thing. But in general, you know, they're, they're just not great cars. Well, they're not affordable cars. That's for and damn sure. And they're sure. also not affordable. Yeah. So why would you switch to an electric car which has no, you know, pop? Uh, has no desirability mm. and, is, and is basically just, you know, a, a, a commuter car uh, that you're going to have a hard time road tripping. So I think part of the problem is the product. They're, they're mm. just not great products. And okay. I don't want to go, I mean, we can go down the line of all the electric cars. They're all the same. They're all, you know, mid-sized crossovers. A lot of them are, yeah. Like, nobody's building anything exciting except maybe for Porsche and Tesla. Uh, kind of like Rivian's. So. Rivian as well, but but the, the but the legacy automakers in general aren't exactly creating something that I you know fantasize over. Uh, mm. That's one of the issues. Okay. So, uh, so that's that's not that's a demand issue. Mm -hmm. uh, the other issue I think Nathan is there's a basic, and we just talked about this um, driver that's going to make electric cars the default car in the next, let's say, 10, 15, 20 years, right? And we just talked about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is a lack of complete maintenance, right? You, 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 can, you can talk about batteries and you can talk about all these other kind of like things out there. But at the end of the day, you know, what will win people over, just like Toyota wins people over with reliability, is the fact that they're dead reliable for the most part yep. and there's no maintenance. Pretty much none. So, so, so in a year, this year, just put some numbers to that, we've gone from like 4% electric cars to at the end of the year, it's going to be probably close to 10%. So yeah, we, we, maybe even higher, they're saying now. So, so we've doubled. And mm -hmm. the way things work in America is people are going to be like paying attention and all of a sudden one day you'll wake up and like the electric car will be the default car. And I, and I put that down to the lack of maintenance and the complete reliability because it has no moving parts. Well, it has few. But, few. but yeah, but yeah. so much fewer, right? There's so many less things that can go in an electric, that yep. can go wrong in Less electric. fluids, less all that. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's and the, like, I'm testament to that. I had a car for three years, and the it leaf. was a, a, the, the Leaf. It was an old used Nissan Leaf, and the only thing I really did to it was tires. Yeah. Um, and it, the, the thing ran really well. By the way, the brakes lasted longer because regenerative braking means that the vehicle uses its own motor to slow down. So the brakes actually lasted a lot longer than I anticipated. They were great. And this was a teenager who drove the crap out of this car. But I wanted to bring up something, too, by the way. Um, I, uh, there are, we, we deal with certain media people in our world who are very anti-electric. Uh, yes. And they, they love posting this stuff. Oh, my God, the numbers are in. This is what it's about. Now, I'm on the fence in terms of what I like and dislike about electric vehicles because I still like internal combustion. I like all cars for one reason or another because I'm crazy about how the I, tech works. But I think we both love cars. Right. That's the thing. I mean, you know, you said TFL is Roman, but I think the thing that runs throughout the entire team is we all just love cars and trucks. We do indeed. It doesn't matter what they're powered by. Mm. 
I think one of the things that's happened is that a lot of the people who wanted electric cars now have electric cars. True that. Uh, early adopters. Yep, early adopters now own them. So that's one of the things that's kind of taken some of the inflation out of the balloon. But also there's another thing to keep in mind, aside from price, which has always been an issue with me because I, I thought that when the, you know, the miracle of electric cars would come, they'd be cheaper to build because there are actually far less moving components in the vehicle and they require less work physically to build once you have all the components because it's modular, right? They all kind of go right. together at and the manufacturer. Can, the other thing that I didn't mention is, of course, you can fill them up at home. Yeah, well, never that's, go, that, never to, to me, that's station. the most important thing. Yeah. Of course, I understand you can't, they're hard to road trip. I get that, and I don't think that yeah. Tesla has, you know, the perfect charging network. I just, we just did, the, we've done a lot of road trips. We, we've <laughs> dri driven cross-country several times in electric vehicles. And, 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 it's doable, it just kind of sucks. It just sucks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all right, but the, the, the other thing about electric vehicles, frankly, is that you, you, you hit the nail on the head. The desirability right now simply is minimal, and that's based on the fact, aside from price, the fact that there's just not enough to cover the territory of all the people who want them. You know who has a lot of really freaking cool electric vehicles that do cover a lot of the uh, people who are out there, a lot of the consumers? Who? China. Yeah. Well, oh, hell yeah. yeah. They've got some really cool yeah. stuff over there. So I just did a video um, with uh, BYD from Japan. Yeah, yeah. And this is BYD from Japan? No, I was in Japan. Oh, and the BYD was there. Yeah, From Japan. Yeah, sorry, I should have been more clear. Uh, but uh, what's crazy is that the... Uh, Japan Mobility Show only allows certain manufacturers. So they don't allow all manufacturers. Of yeah. course, they allow the Japanese brands. Of course. But this year, they allowed uh, uh, BYD to come and show off their Dolphin, That's... which is the cheapest electric car. It is. Buy. And the Dolphin, actually, uh, it, there's a couple other vehicles that are uh, driving on the same platform. Seal. The Dolphin. <laughs> seal I think Seagull. No, um, Seal. It's a Seal. You know, they have a dolphin. They have, I was there. I saw it. There was okay, a seal. So I thought you were kidding. No, no, no. It's a seal. I thought it was your bad humor at work. No, no, no. Uh, BYD is a Chinese company. They've actually been trying to push into the United States a few times. We saw them at the Detroit Auto Show a good God, 14 years, years ago, ago, 13 yeah, years ago, or something like that. Um, and they've got amusing stuff. But the thing about the Chinese, and I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm pro-Chinese. I just care about cars. I don't care where they come from at this point. So the car itself in China, they have something for everybody be it someone who makes very little money but only needs a mild commuter and they have these cool little boxy things that are out there versus really, really expensive high-end vehicles that completely compete with Mercedes and Tesla. They've got them all. So my point of view is they have variety, and that is what Roman's basically saying. We have a lack of variety here in the United States for the United States and customer. And affordability. Yeah. Look, the most affordable thing we have in the garage, it doesn't run. It's called the candy, and it's crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. From there, you have to go up to about a $30,000 vehicle, if you're lucky. And yes, I know everyone's like rebates or, you know, government, See, da, 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 yeah, federal. No. You know what? Tax credits don't always work here, for everybody. But here's the problem, right? When I was going to journalism school, you try to present both sides of the story. Right. But now people like hearing only from the side of the story they believe in. They, yeah, exactly. So, so by preaching to the choir, you can make a lot more clicks and money than by actually being kind of, you know, hopefully down the middle and trying to tell people the advantages and disadvantages of each. So if we could get a lot more views and clicks if we were like, electric cars suck and, you know, they will never be it and you'll take the electric car out of my cold, dead hands. Right? Yeah, there's and, the, the, and there's a lot of people who do that. Yeah. Or you could be on the other side of the fence, which is, you know, Elon Musk is God incarnated walking on the earth. Which you need a man bun for, by the way, if you're gonna do that. <laughs> yes. By the way, he and, needs a man and bun. Everything he does is golden. Yes, he touches things and they turn to water and wine and blah blah blah. And, blah, blah, and, blah. and, and that gets all the you know, the early adopters, the Tesla fanboys. I think and we else. don't like extremes on either side is sort of the point here. And we try to look down and the so, center of it. We're pissing off both now. Yeah, I don't care about that. I'd rather piss off both than only, you know, like have people go like, oh, you only like electric vehicles or you only like gas vehicles. Bro, I like them both. What about that, yo? How about that? Yeah. How, yeah. About, how about just whatever Speaking works of which, with, we let's should yes, keep get going, to yeah. the list here. Yeah, number three, Nathan, top three least appreciating. Uh, Toyota Tacoma. Uh, That's no surprise, no surprise there. 20.4% for an average of 8000 And that vehicle is about to be completely changed. I mean, yeah. we are on the verge of getting a brand new Tacoma. Next it's going to be wild. Andre and I are flying to L.A., uh, to test drive it, uh, so I can't wait. And, uh, you know, if all goes well, uh, we'll get our hands on one ASAP. 
Yeah, we're working on it. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Of course, that's go to alltfl.com for more coverage on that or tfltruck.com as well. All right, number two, um, the Porsche 718 Cayman, uh, 17.6% for an average of 13,372. Um, yeah, you know, Cayman is probably the better uh, racing Porsche than a 911, but it's not a 911. So number one on the list, of course, is the Porsche 911. And this is incredible, right? We started with Toyota Corolla uh, depreciating almost 25%. Yeah. The, the Porsche 911, 9.3% for an average of 18,000. You know what, Roman? That sounds great. And if I were in your position, I would even consider buying one of those because yeah. what a smart investment that would be. If you can get one. If you can get one. It helps if you're connected. And you know what? See, it, this, this, is, this is the pretension. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell them what you so bought. Come we on. bought. We bought a 911 uh, Targa 4 S. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we immediately took a drag racing uh, against our old Mustang. And, of course, the new – this is actually pretty interesting – the new uh, Z Nismo, which on paper uh, is almost identical in terms of horsepower, torque, and weight. Yeah, although the performance is not what you expect. So stay tuned. That video is coming uh, soon. I think we're going to have that out in the next day or two. So yeah, by yeah. the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be out. Yeah, head on over to all TFL. Uh, so we'll hopefully hold on to that guy uh, and do a long-term review of on it. Of course we're going to do You got the target specifically because you have, like, lots of hair. So you pull the top off, and it's like the hair is flowing in the wind. I'm waiting. Wearing? Do you have glasses that say turbo on them from the 80s? Uh, I, I can't. I can't lie, Nathan. I, you know, I got the Targa because it's my dream car. I know. I know. I, I'm not going to lie about that. I'm, I'm happy for you, yeah. uh, but at the same time, the almost exact same time that he got one, yeah. our friend Moto Man got the GT3. Got the GT3, <laughs> and so both of them are like, "Hey, we got the Porsche." I'm like, "Really?" Because I'm driving to work in my Hyundai. You hey, bastards. Have I? Have I? Was I like? I was very quiet about you it. You were very quiet about it. We didn't really know until no. it pulled into the garage. Yeah. And what, so we recently had on Nathan Heffel, who is from Colorado Public Radio. He's uh, one, of the, one of the guys. We did an interview with him. It was fun. Anyway, he comes in and he sees it. He's just, his eyes are popping open. I said, Roman says nobody can look at the car for more than eight seconds. <laughs> but I said it completely straight. Yeah. And he kind of gave me this look like, what? what, what? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm just kidding. But that's what I'm going to be doing from now on whenever I see it anywhere near anybody. It's like, dude, you can't look for more than eight seconds. Um, but it's it's a really pretty car. There there there's the stuff of dreams, and in my mind, they make way more sense than any other exotic vehicle out there because you can really drive them every day. Yeah. This is my experience. Yeah, yeah. So shall we? Uh, uh, yes, let's go to the negative list, shall we? Yeah, because that's do, what you guys are waiting for. Yeah, exactly. Negative news. Negative news. All right, now we're going to be talking about cars, of course, that depreciate the most over five years. In other words, uh, these are cars that do not hold their value, and we'll kind of take a swing at why we believe that's true. Well, before we go there, I yeah. wanted to read this. This is also from IC Cars. Let's hear it. Now, this gives you an explanation of the five-year depreciation for notable segments, and that means, so we're talking about hybrids and EVs. Uh-huh. So overall, from 2023 uh, back to 2019, um, it's a 10.8% improvement since 2019. Yeah, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. But what? But, go by the segment. Yes, for the segment, check it out. Yeah. Hybrids, 19.3% yeah. improvement. EVs, 18% improvement. SUVs, 10.4% improvement. I thought that'd be uh, somewhere else. And truck 7.9% improvement. So it's interesting in terms of their percentage points, by the way, uh, where they all lie. But it basically shows that everybody has bounced up since 2019. Yep. All okay. right. Number 10 on our list, Nathan, is one of my favorite cars. And this hurts me because I used to love this car. It was one of my dream cars. Uh, it's kind of since then kind of uh, lost a little bit of its luster. Uh, they haven't really, I don't think they've really done much with it, unfortunately. It's the Audi A7. Uh, over five years, it loses 57.2% for an average of 48970 And it's got that amazing fastback design, right? I love the fastback it's design. Just, when they first came out with that car, I think you oh, and I, I were both smitten. We were. Because nobody else was doing a fastback that way. BMW came out with theirs around the same time. It would look terrible. Um, Maybe it was a one-trick pony. It may have been. It just it was one of those things where it looked great when it came out, but then they just never really went through a lot of changes. They did, but I don't think it really resonated with the people who were buying them. Judging by what you just read, and, and to be fair, it's kind of you know a long and uh, premium hatchback in a, in a way, and so it cuts down 
significantly on the backseat room. I remember Audi picked me up in one once for a program. Mm -hmm. You had to kind of uh, lean forward a bit. Yeah, there was yeah. not a lot of room in the back. Uh, so it's a sexy car, uh, but um, not a practical car by any stretch of the But neither is an 911, so I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you, I don't think you could compare the two. But nice car. Shame that it's on the list, but I'm not that surprised. All right, number nine um, uh, it also hurts. Remember, this is also one of our favorites. Some of the best, uh, I would say, ride quality of any vehicle. A Jaguar XF. 57.6%, $39,720. I'm surprised it's still around. Yeah, Jaguar is not not exactly killing it right now. No, no, Jaguar is really hurting. Although international sales seem to kind of balance out their losses here. Right now, their best-selling vehicle is an SUV. I mean, that's that's Jaguar? Yeah, and they haven't actually had any new product. Right? They had kind of a false start. They were going to go all electric, and then they fired the CEO, and now mm -hmm. there's a new plan to go all electric again, I think. It's and just they'll fire that CEO, too. Yeah, they're just they're just having a hard time figuring out like where they want to be it's or go as a brand. A, I I still I, you know I look at old Jaguars and the XF. Yeah, I love um, it. I would own one if I had the need. Um, I know, I know, I know. You guys are like you should never buy a British car. Guess what? Right now at TFL, ninety percent of the people <laughs> who work here own a British vehicle. Yeah, something happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I blame. I entirely blame you and Tommy. You guys, your influence has poisoned the rest of the crew. So Alex bought one. We've, we have now three LR3s among the staff. Well, the one is an LR2, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Case is the LR2. Tommy has an LR3. Alex has an LR3. And what do you drive? What's the... the a Range Rover. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, I, 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 I'm not completely absolved because I used to own you used to the own first the Discovery. generation Discovery. Yeah. And I adored it. My wife hated it. I still think about getting another one. And... Coincidental. That is what the interview is with uh, Nathan Heffel, by the way. We talk about the unholy, illogical addiction to Land Rover products. Which would have been the bonus podcast that was uh, aired before this one. So yes. if you want to hear that one, um, tell them who Nathan Heffel is. Once again, he is a host from NPR. Colorado Public uh, Radio, NPR, uh, and he's um, uh, Colorado Matters. He's in charge of that. That's his thing. And he's been a friend of mine for a while. He's been a friend of TFL's for a long time. He was dying to come out here and actually look at the studios. And yes, once again, I only let him look at your vehicle for eight seconds. So so if you want to listen to that podcast, it was a bonus that Nathan did um, before this one. So go back one episode and you can hear uh, a lot of uh, love for uh, the British band uh, that... Uh, we try to explain. I wanted it is the least reliable. And <laughs> I, I said band on purpose. Yes. We, yeah, I didn't mean. I he was referring to the Beatles, which is the only group that Roman knows from uh, Great Britain. But um, no, no, I, want... I, I, I was, I was, I didn't worry. I was trying to equate. <laughs> instead of saying brand, I was trying to create Land Rover as a band. Anyway, it didn't didn't go anywhere. Let's just go to number six, Nathan. <laughs> okay, that's it, number six. Maserati Levante, fifty-seven point eight percent. I am not surprised. Fifty-five point eight. 55,858. Yeah, uh, Maserati as a brand uh, is uh, struggling. Yeah, their cars are kind of cool. I mean, they have cool interiors. They all sound good, man. They can make a V6 sound amazing, but it's just, it's not enough. Parts sharing with the other uh, Stellantis yeah, products. Yeah, I mean, I would just as well you know, go over and buy an Aston Martin if you, or not Aston Martin, <laughs> an Alfa Romeo. Um, you know, less money, just as cool, sounds great, you know, that type of thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number seven is the Infinity. Uh, QX80, 58.1%, QX80, huh? That's, that's a happy a, hippo. Yeah, that's a little bit of a surprise for me. That is was one of their best-selling vehicles. Yeah, but, but it only sells like in California. Yeah, no, to, to, so to th a certain this, this, this is this is not the only large um, SUV on the list. Uh, we'll get to the next one very quickly, but uh -huh. number six is the BMW X5. Uh, 58.2%, 44,828. I'm going to say that's up to, the X5 is one of BMW's best-selling cars, but my wife has one. Mm -hmm. uh, they're expensive to maintain. Uh, yeah. And it, nothing seriously has gone wrong with it, but now she's had it for like three years and like 70,000 miles, so we've had to do brakes, you know, mm -hmm. the regular wear items. And, you know, you bring it in for brakes and an oil change and whatever other stuff is recommended, and you get a bill for like $3,000. Yeah, that's because everything's bespoke, yes. among other things. Yes. And also, if you're talking to a mechanic who's maintaining a BMW and you say, but, but this is just an oil cap, you know, no, 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 this is a German oil cap, <laughs> you scheiß This is something that you <laughs> hey, have to put swear. on. 
but, but this is German, they don't get it. Okay. So, you know, and this is something that you put on top of that and then you screw it a certain way. And you, if you silly Americans can't figure that out, then go buy yourself a Buick. Yeah, I, I think it, it is because of the expense of running it. I'm sorry, Germans. I know I made you sound and, pretentious. And it. It, but it, I mean, it's such an expensive vehicle. And it, yes, once again, that it's just bespoke components. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've gone through a time where uh, insuring cars used to be relatively easy in America, but now it's gotten crazy expensive. Do you know like the Kias that have those uh, stop-start, not the stop-start, the uh, ignition issues? In many places, you can't insure them now. Yeah, a lot of that has actually been, we, we actually covered this, go to altfl.com to, to read on that, uh, because there were insurance companies for a while that were saying, no, 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 we won't do that. No, some Midwest companies, I believe. But a lot of that has been taken care of by uh, Hyundai Kia, uh, and that was because kids were able to break into these cars and and take them but because the, of a hack on TikTok. Insurance companies have said, nope. There's a fix, though, that the, some of these cars now have a... Uh, I know. A, I know there's a fix, but I'm saying insurance companies still won't insure them. And in, in mm -hmm. London, in the UK, uh, you know, from all the UK podcasts I listen to, and there's some great ones, by the way, uh, Range Rovers are also uninsurable in downtown London because they're stolen. And that's not, you know, they do have... Uh, like relatively sophisticated immobilizers. Steal a car on an island, bro. <laughs> it's a big island. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding, guys. I'm kidding. It's not like it's not like you know Aruba. <laughs> it's a big island. It's okay. All right, uh, number five, uh, the Cadillac Escalade ESV, fifty-eight point five percent, sixty-three thousand eight hundred eighty-five. So ESV is the big one. It's the super long, the <laughs> right, right. one. I just think that is the most expensive Cadillac. Um, currently being currently, built. so yeah. it's going to depreciate the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I think that would be my guess at it. Uh, number four is the BMW 5 Series Hybrid, Nathan, uh, for 58.8% or 37,975. Wow. Wow. Yeah, now we're starting to get to some real numbers in terms let, of let, let me finish this because we're yeah, running we're out of time. Out of time. And uh, number three, uh, the second Maserati of three on the list. Jeez. I think that's all the Maserati. I'm sorry, Maserati. <laughs> Except for the new sports car. Which one is this? The Ghibli. Oh, the Ghibli. 61.3%, okay. 58,623. That's because they had a sports car named Ghibli, which was awesome. They turned it into an SUV, which was not awesome. Uh, number two is another BMW. The 7 Series, of course, has never been able to compete with the S-Class for some reason. Uh, Mercedes, well, have of you course. seen the new uh, seven series? Yes, you have. I know it's 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 like it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Sixty-one point eight percent for an average uh, of seventy-two thousand four hundred forty-four. And number one, Nathan. All right. I guess the brand. Remember? Oh, uh, the Porsche nine eleven. Maserati. Damn it. Quattroporte. Sixty-four point five percent, or ninety thousand five hundred eighty-eight. Um, I would say if you want a Quattroporte, get a used one because you can get it for, you know, sixty-four percent less than a new one or ninety thousand dollars. Right, right, and you know, bear in mind that there is some uh, components that are shared with uh, Ferrari and that have been co-developed with Ferrari that are in. Quattroporte has been around forever. It's been around for a very mm -hmm. long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I. It sounds amazing. They sound great. They run great. And then, of course, you're buying. It's like a Range Rover and like a Jaguar. You're buying a liability because if something goes wrong. By the way, that's why we bought that Range Rover. Mm -hmm. People say that, you know, they're horribly uh, unreliable. Mm -hmm. uh, so we bought one 2017 with um, 48,000 miles. Yeah, it was pristine. And we're going to be flying without a parachute. We've see, already taken it in the Moab. Yeah, to see if how reliable or unreliable it is over the next year. Yeah, so, and we're so going to do some uh, updates with it as well, yeah, physically. So, so far, so good. All right, um, so um, that's the list, Nathan. But we thought we'd kind of round this off by coming up with some cars that we think depreciate like rocks, but actually are good cars. Yeah, so and what, what we actually have some examples. Yeah. Um, I have my own example. And actually, quick story. Uh, my wife is thinking about updating her Mini with a newer Mini. I know, right? You're already talking about depreciation, but she loves driving the thing. So for those of you who are Mini fans out there, and by the way, TFL at one point had eight Minis. That's between what I had, Tommy had a whole bunch. We had like an yeah. electric one. All right. We're down to one, I think. Are you really? Yeah, the classic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the one you want to keep, <laughs> in I my get. opinion. So um, this is, uh, I just found this uh, local dealership. Uh, no, sorry. This is not. This is in New Jersey. It's called Holman Toyota. They have a Mini uh, from 2022. By the way, that, that's where we bought our Porsche from the Holman. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, it was uh, Porsche of San Diego. So thank you guys. Uh, they actually sold us our Porsche, uh, and I'm very grateful for this. Without paying over sticker, so we paid. That's sticker. really cool and very rare for something and, that. And like if you're wondering German. how much the sticker was, are you wondering? Uh, I know it was 158. 
158? Yeah. Actually, that's a little less than I thought it would be. Yeah. Oh, that's because I kept hearing what Moto Man's was. was just... Yeah, he had the, the GT3. <laughs> 220, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Quarter of a million dollars, basically, yeah. for a Porsche. Um, okay, so this is a 2022 Mini Cooper Countryman All 4. Um, this vehicle does have 48,000 miles on it, but list price, 23990 Now, if you think about the fact that this particular vehicle was damn close to $48,000 just a year ago, that is depreciation quick, quick, quick. Granted, a lot of miles. But still, for a pristine car, and it is in perfect condition, uh, that is pretty notable. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Jason Kinesma's podcast, Haggerty podcast, you know, that yeah. he does uh, recently. And uh, he said at the end, well, at least Tommy told me this. I never got to the end. So Tommy told me that, like, he got together with a bunch of the old school, you know, print journalists and they came up with the top three worst cars in America right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was one of them. Oh, okay. The one that I picked. But uh, number one was a VinFast. Yeah, okay. This was number two. Uh, and I already, uh, number three was the ID4. I'm not saying that this is my opinion. I'm just saying this is what there is. This is what this is what Tommy told me okay. on the podcast. So well, it's expl explain what you're looking at. Then. Yeah, so I'm looking at and thank you for pulling this up, Nathan. Uh, it's a used uh, 2022 Mercedes-Benz EQS 450 Plus sedan. Now, look, if you love bar of soap design, you're going to love this. I'm not going to argue that the styling on these things is great. Mm -hmm. uh, on, it's all electric Mercedes, but dang it, dude! I mean, they are built like you know brick houses. Yeah, they, they're solid. They're solid. They handle uh, great. This car has 4,074 miles. Uh, it says 350 miles of electric range. New, this was a $120,000 car. Easily. Uh, especially if you got the uh, all-wheel steering. Yes, which this has, but it doesn't have the, uh, it's not the very top of the line. It's like almost the top of the line. Right, um, this might be a two-wheel drive. No, I think this is It's four-wheel drive. Okay, yeah, all right. I, I drive. forget which one's four and which one's Yeah, this, this, this is the four-wheel drive one. So and a 350-mile range. Or list like price that. on a 2022, 65900 Basically half. Basically half in like a year and a half. Right, and that's kind of the thing. So, at, and at one hundred twenty thousand, I might scratch my head, but at sixty thousand mm. to get a Mercedes Benz EQS. Look, I understand, and I think everybody out there understands the problem with electric cars is they're like this phone, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you're buying yesterday's technology. You always are, right? You're buying the iPhone twelve when the fifteen is out. Well, right, maybe exactly. this is the iPhone fourteen. But you know what? Um, people have found that batteries don't actually degrade very much. So. Uh, so as much as many people have reported, so it's 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 it, it's debatable in terms of where the car is and what the car is. And then this car, Mercedes gives it the craziest, uh, if I remember right, battery uh, warranty. I want to say it's one hundred and fifty thousand miles. I believe so. One hundred and fifty thousand miles. It, it's the lifetime of the vehicle plus. Yeah. So, so if you're worried about battery degradation on this, you don't have to because you've got one hundred and forty-four thousand miles of battery. I believe it's warranty a transferable left. warranty as well, but don't, but you guys probably want to double check yeah, on that. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, a hell of a bargain. Um, mm. The one that I've been waiting for to come down, of course, is the Porsche Taycan, and I think finally it has come down. For yeah. a long time, uh, they were um, you know, kind of holding their value. But mm -hmm. when we picked up the 911 in San Diego, at San Diego Porsche, the thing that struck me immediately was they had like 20 of them lined up in front of the dealership. Right. Not in the 911s. Oh, by the way, they have a 911. <laughs> like 911s are impossible to get right now. Yeah. So you walk in the dealership and they have a 911 for sale. Oh, okay. And it's been sitting there. Uh, and so I asked the salesman about it. And I guess this is one that uh, somebody uh, at the dealership spec, but it was like a hot purple pink color ah. convertible mm. with a white interior uh, and, wow. and white white wheels that they painted black. It's been sitting there for now like several months and nobody wants like a purplish pink convertible with, white interior. With, a white, with a white interior and Wait now black minute, wheels. Roman. That sounds a lot. For like 198000 Okay. It's fact, it's fact like for, you know. But you're forgetting something. What? We had one. We had one? We had one. Roman, you bought a purple 911 with white interior that was a convertible. No, my, no, uh, that one's dark blue, dude. That was purple. It's dark blue. That was purple. No, 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 no. You're missing. <laughs> this is blurple. You're missing the color. It's like you know what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like a Jelly Belly. Okay. It's uh, not. You... It's that that car is definitely dark blue. If you want to call it purple, it's purple. But it looked it's, purple to me. We still have it. It's been in the shop for like the last two years. <laughs> it's never going to come out. It's always in the shop. It's back in the shop. Seriously. You we think we had it, learned our lesson? We bought it. it well, we bought it like three years ago, <laughs> and we've had it in our possession for like four weeks. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the the, the car itself is it, it needs. It 
needs help. But by the time it's done, it'll be ready to be sold, and we'll still have a twenty thousand uh, dollars loss. It'll be great. <laughs> no, this is like this is like if you took a blueberry and combined it with a watermelon. Okay, that's yeah. the color. I, I, no, I get what you're saying. I, so if if you want a nine eleven Porsche of San Diego, has one for one hundred ninety. And they're trying to get it out the floor. They might be willing to wheel and deal. I don't know if they're willing to wheel and deal, but I'm sure I don't know. They they they, try, they took the white wheels and they painted the black to try to give it a little uh, bit more uh, gravitas, I guess. I think that car belongs Sportiness? in Florida. Actually, yes. it's yes. more Florida than California yes. car, personally speaking. Or, or Phoenix, or Palm Springs. Okay, yeah, I think All Palm right. Springs would do well. Or you know, there, maybe there's somebody who just loves, you know, and it's not even like uh, what's the what's the Hemi color, the Dodge. Uh, it's uh, oh, the grape color that they have. Yeah, uh, yeah. what called? What, the, what is that called? It's not that cool. Uh, yeah, I, 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 the purple color they yeah, do. Yeah, they're the what you call it, purple. Yeah. <sighs> This is like sublime, and then they have that one purple yeah, color, yeah, and I'm blanking yeah. on it right now I because we, I wasn't ready. Plum crazy. Plum crazy. There it is. It's okay. not like that, believe me. That would be cool. Okay, before we wind down, one yes. final thing to, to mention, guys. We are on the cusp of a major auto show, and we're going to be covering it. So stay tuned. By the time you guys hear this broadcast, the boys are probably going to be getting onto an airplane heading out to Los Angeles. And there's a ton of stuff that they're going to be covering. Can't go into all of it because some of it's secret. I hear through the grapevine mm-hmm. that the new uh, Lucid uh, Gravity is going to be unveiled. The new, smaller, less expensive uh, the, the Lucid. The Gravitas. I don't know, but maybe That's, it will be. They, they have a press conference, and I don't know what else it would be. Mm, okay. Well, also, they were talking about building an SUV at one point, so I don't know if that's going to be... Well, whatever. It's kind of SUV, it's just a gravity. Is it? I, I yeah. honestly don't. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's like a small uh, no. problem. It's like a Model Y. <laughs> All right. Well, but anyway, so the guy's going to be going out there, plus we have a whole bunch of other stuff that's coming up in the very near future, a ton of events, and they're stacked up one by one. I think that automakers are trying to get these events done before the heavy snows start hitting mm. uh, throughout the country. And so stay tuned because a lot of it's coming up very soon. And guys, as always, if you want to see all this, uh, just head on over to, I'm going to move this mic again, Nathan, where? AllTFL.com. That goes for you too, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can't help it. It's, oh, fun. Ouch. it's fun. It's ouch, fun. Ouch, ouch. All right. All right, uh, guys. And thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.